Today's episode of Dear Legal Ops is brought to you by our sponsor, Litify. Litify is the end-to-end operating platform that helps enterprise legal teams run a data-driven department. Legal Ops professionals need standard processes and real-time analytics to turn the legal department into a value center while connecting it to the rest of the business. Built on Salesforce, Litify's solution does just that. With Salesforce as the base, you get the configurability, security, and powerful analytical capabilities of the number one cloud-based business software. Litify is the legal wrapper you need to transform your business, complete with matter management, document automation, e-billing, and dynamic dashboards that visualize the data that matters most. See why leading legal teams trust Litify at www.litify.com. That's L-I-T-I-F-Y.com or directly contact info at litify.com. Welcome to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations community anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the legal ops community. So grab that glass of wine and get comfy as we share stories from the legal ops community aimed at digging deeper to find and release your inner brilliance, personally and professionally. Welcome to our second ever DLO Deep Dive, a special episode where we pull back the curtains to unveil non-anonymous guests and discuss one of our favorite episodes in the past. When we first launched Dear Legal Ops, we weren't sure what direction it would take. But as our inbox flooded with curious conversations from the community, it became crystal clear. It's time to hear from those who have been there, done it all. I can't believe we got some of these people to be on our show, but here we are. Today's episode will add some laughs, maybe shed a tear, and challenge the community to get real comfy as we tackle tough topics on this incredibly lucrative, but mostly confusing journey that is legal operations. On this special episode, sponsored by Litify, we're breaking out the bubbly with Akshay Verma, Leo Mergel, and Latrice Johnson, and sharing firsthand experiences on the evolution of the legal ops function, how the community has evolved to support new initiatives, hello chat GPT, and have an intimate conversation with some of the leading departments in Silicon Valley on matter management, career lessons learned, and what you are truly over talking about. Oh yes, child, buckle up. We're about to have some fun today. And if you're anything like me, the episodes we've released already, you know, Rita sipping her reposado from Recession Rhode Island, Annie grab your gun and checkbook Oakley with her API anxiety, and that TLDR Tina Turner from Cliff Notes, California. Well, they have been profound to me. But even better, seeing this exceptional legal ops community embrace each episode has been genuinely inspiring. They've already inspired me, challenged me, hell, even empowered me to keep reaching for more. And I know that today's episode with Akshay, Leo, and Latrice will do that also for our listeners. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. (laughs) 
Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Dearly Glops. I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. You guys, we're back, back, back rolls again. Welcome to our second ever DLO Deep Dive, this special episode where we pull back the curtains to unveil non-anonymous guests and discuss one of our favorite episodes in the past. We thought of adding some diverse content to our main feed and really bringing in other people's perspectives and experiences on all things legal ops. But unlike our regular episodes, we're not just reheating a platter from the past. We're sipping and sharing secrets while diving deep into discussions that scratch past the professional surface. So today I'm super excited to be joined here with Akshay, Leo, and Latrice. So welcome, y'all. I just want to start by going around the room today and introduce yourself. We have a little fun icebreaker question that we do on each of these DLO deep dives, which is, if you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? So Akshay, I'm going to turn it over to you first. Yeah, Akshay Verma. I'm currently the head of legal operations at Coinbase. Uh, I was a practicing lawyer for a long time and about 11 years ago, made a pretty big pivot and have kind of been on the business side of law since then, having a lot more fun uh, than I did practicing law. So great to be here. All right. My song, I actually thought about this a lot. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I was like, yeah, I listen to music. It always all is. We got music on at the house all the time. The kids love music. So I've really been introducing my 10-year-old to hip-hop. He loves all kinds of music, but we've been on like a 90s hip-hop tear, like Outkast and yes. Tribe Called Quest and... Luda, Nelly, yeah. yes, all of <laughs> yeah. it, all of it. I've, I've been into the Southern rap kick with him a little bit. And there's a song which for me right now, like we have been through three years of hell as human beings. The market and the economy is an absolute shambles. I work in crypto and boy, are we getting like run through the ringer right now. So there's a song by Mystic. Y'all are being right now. Yeah, so. a, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. And there's a song by Mystical called Bouncing Back. And if you haven't heard it, I, I urge all of you to go to listen to it. It's got the, the New Orleans like band sound. It's got the snare drum that's like so typical of Southern rap. And then it's got his energy. And it's all about grit. Mike Tyson has that famous line, like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. The song is about getting punched in the face repeatedly, figuratively, of course, and always coming back. So that's that's my anthem right now. And it, maybe not just for this year, but for life. Perfect. Shout out to all my 3LW fans out there. So. <laughs> Yes, play is going to play. So, all right, this is a perfect player segment into Latrice. Would you like to introduce yourself? And once again, the icebreaker question, if you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? Uh, so yes, Latrice Johnson, head of legal ops at Palo Alto Networks. I, I was sharing with Tom, I've had a lot of stuff happening this week. Um, I actually had my brother come out to me last night for the first time, which was a pretty Gosh, heart wow. moment. Wow. Um, and ex- and all in addition to also, I told uh, Tom, unfortunately, experiencing a death while I was on vacation. Someone in our group had passed away. But I think the week has definitely reminded me of focusing on certain like really good energy and being very mindful of like the people I have around me. And, you know, my, my boyfriend laughs that like my job is like a cult. He's like, you hang out with people who do your job and then you talk about your job. And then you come home and then do your job. And then you still talk to other people about your job. Wait, I'm sorry. That's not normal. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently Wait, not. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I was just talking of like, just being really mindful of the energy I have around me. But I also realize, you know, the work that I do every single day just keeps me on my toes. And I'm surrounded by really amazing people like all of you guys on this call who, you know, I can also call friends. And so it's it's been a good reminder this week of all the good energy that's happening in my life as well. And so what's the song? Uh, Twyla Jane Energy. Ooh, okay. Yes. All right. It's very upbeat. Okay. It's, you know, a perfect song to dance to, so. Nice. Well, I know somebody no stranger to dance, Leo, right? You know, I mean, you're just tearing it up every time that I see you. So wow. why don't you introduce yourself? And, you know, if you had to press the play button on your 2023 anthem song, what would it be? Well, it's good seeing you all. Good seeing you, Tom. And uh, seeing the trees and the shape. Uh, my name is Leo Murgle. I'm the head of operations for Salesforce Legal and Corporate Affairs team. I've been in this role for about five years and I'm excited to be here today. It's been uh, up and down a year. And I got to tell you, just uh, uh, professionally, uh, those of us in tech have been, uh, you know, the somewhere between interest rates and all and has had a big impact on the business. And, and we've uh, continuing to grow and retrenching and looking for cost savings. So uh, as it turns out, uh, I think with a little bit of what was said before, the ops and ops excellence uh, and the business side of the business is actually ever more uh, important and ever more present. Well, that being said, my, my song on the year, um, I've been spending, you know, I have two boys, one's in college, one is about to go to college. There's a song of a, a Brazilian band, I'm from Brazil originally, called Legion Urbana. It's called Pais e Filhos. Uh, it's really about, you know, fathers and sons. And it's just been an amazing journey uh, with them and see them blossom into young adults and, and start taking on their lives and, and see them uh, speaking Portuguese and, and uh, kind, of, kind of being their own person. So... Although we, you know, we, we get consumed with the day to day, and we love what we do, and there's lots of challenges. Taking to a choice points, that life is is much more than that, and there's a uh, there's a bigger arc, and we all got to just some is important. To remember what's really important, and what are we here for? I love that. And my name is Tom Stevenson. I am the host of Dear Legal Ops. Here, let's kind of get into it. So in a Creepily Friday the 13th way. Uh, episode 13 featured anonymous letters from Matron Mama, Messy Matter Management Morton, and Miranda, the Devil Wears Perfectionism Priestly on Matter Management Initiatives and Shedding Our Perfectionist Habits when she hits the fan. Now, children, if y'all haven't listened to it yet, head over to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and download episode 13 titled Matter Management Mayhem and Pushing Past Perfectionism. But in true Dear Legal Ops style, we're going to spend time today with three amazing, badass, hilarious, and passionate Legal Ops superstars who I also stand as dear friends in this community. As we dive deeper into episode 13 topics about growing as a leader in the workplace, the evolution of the Legal Ops profession, Matter Management as Matron Mama Morton, the gatekeeper to making sure the DNA of your legal ops organization is running as shady and smooth as possible, <laughs> all while sharing some of the leading legal ops leaders in Silicon Valley's opinions. So who's ready to get this party started? Do it. Yes, right. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> so let's 
dive into something fun that I think is just going to really get it out there, which is what are y'all seeing in the legal ops community? Whether it be at, you know, your own companies while on the conference circuit, because y'all know I'm excited about Clock and all the other events coming up, or just online through LinkedIn or articles. What are some of the legal ops trends that you're excited to see flourish in 2023? Uh, And then I have a fun little follow-up on that. So who wants to go first? I'll say one thing. I'm just kind of glad that like there's not webinars every single day like there was three years ago. (laughs) Let's just, that's a great trend that's going down Mm -hmm. that I'm very glad is not the thing that we all get notifications of the 75 plus vendors that all have our email addresses out there that we're seeing webinars of doing more with less. All of the, you know, catchy phrases. Thank goodness for that trend in 2023 of let's just keep it to events and let's keep it to what it needs to be. And that's it. I like I'll that. let Akshay go off. <laughs> I think Tom, you and I were talking yesterday. I was like, is anyone not going to say AI to this question? Like, right. It's literally everywhere. My, my mom, she's a retired school teacher. And she comes to our, she lives in San Jose. She comes over on Thursday evening. She makes dinner and hangs out with us, spends some time with my kids. We got into a really like deep conversation on Thursday, yesterday evening around AI. And it's everywhere right now on LinkedIn, legal operations, like a lot of power, a lot of fear, a lot of crazy stories that will continue to evolve through the course of the year. I'm personally, like on a personal level, I'm really excited to see how it's going to bring to bear for us at Coinbase and how we're going to leverage it across the department. The company has a lot of initiatives around it uh, for the business as well. So I grew up watching Terminator. I know all about Skynet. like So I, I, I get that part of the conversation. But uh, I'm personally really excited to see how it unfolds. I am too. I had a conversation with a couple of my attorneys and my awesome, my superstar legal ops uh, manager. And we were just talking, we were weirdly talking about, okay, we can use chat GPT for some things, right? But we need to balance like the business use versus privacy versus that auditing, right? Because it's great to be able to spit out stuff, but it doesn't necessarily audit, which is the crux of it, right? And so we were just talking and chatting and we thought, hey, what happens if instead of asking for some regulatory and licensing default thing of like, we're going to pay this law firm to send us a 50-state survey on like money transmitter licenses, which really is just going to be a table that shows like what the statute is. But I'm so we asked ChatGPT for that rough draft. And then for the auditing standpoint, like we use the analysts or the more junior level people, like we're giving them what ChatGPT spits out. And if they have Westlaw access and it's already spitting out like an annotation or a citation, couldn't they just take it one step further and verify if that's right or not? And if it's not right, like correct it. And then now all of a sudden we could have saved like X amount of thousands of dollars by just sending it out to that law firm that probably just digested it for the ninth time to somebody else, right? That's where I'm excited of where it goes. And I don't know like what continues to come, but I'm just thinking like, it's going to be a fun playground if legal ops can play in it, but no, like get more comfortable with what the boundaries are because there's pretty strict boundaries, right? It's not going to be press a button and all of a sudden it gives you everything and it's verifiable. Yeah, I mean, we, we got we to gotta experiment with it and, and figure it out. I, I just, I'm the son of an engineer, like technology has been a part of my life since I was a kid. 
So I just think we have to go in this direction, but there's, there's right. a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear mongering out there. Maybe some of it's real. I don't know. Um, I just, I think we have to explore it pretty heavily. What say you, Leo? One, one consonant, two vowels over there. Yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating topic. I was actually, uh, and, you know, one of the things I'm seeing uh, as we engage with both uh, legal departments as well as some law firms, and there's this dichotomy of, of engagement, right? So you have, obviously, an AI layer, and I'd love to chat a little more about that because I think there's a, there's a great opportunity in that space. But there's also some foundational technology component that's still missing in a lot of places, so your basic matter management um, type uh, process orientation that, that a lot of legal departments still don't have. You know, work comes in, you know, email, Slack, pings, lists, uh, attachments, right? So that's structured ways of working uh, that other uh, business uh, have uh, embraced for years. So you have this real dichotomy. There's a real opportunity still to sort of a, a fairly low-tech process work, but also in the AI space. And what I find fascinating of the generative AI sort of revolution here we're seeing is that the way it plugs into the ecosystem makes for really fast adoption. Right. So if you think about things that we've done in, in the past with, with a Salesforce platform, we had our own AI uh, called Einstein. Everybody has a, some kind of catchy name for it. When uh, one of the use cases we have had is that you know when that, when you get a, a request, you have a, a your own sort of knowledge structured knowledge database. The AI helps somebody in your team figure out or point towards what articles are more likely to answer that question. Right, so there's agents and any kind of any kind of customer support have uh, been using this for years. The same output that you gave a human, you can now package and give a generative model. In essence, get the you know it's sort of there's a, there's a parallel between sort of the Google search that one of those three articles has your answer, versus then you pass those three articles to a generative model. And you get something pretty close to the, the final articulated answer. Uh, and, the model, it, it, and the notion of, you know, you're not serving that up, at least at this point, probably directly to consumer, uh, but to that model around, Tom, you mentioned, you can serve it up to a human, say, here's most likely what the answer is. Take a look at it. Right. Uh, pass it forward. Latrice, don't you have that platform where you have that search thing that can search across all of your... Glean. What is it? What is it called again? Glean. G-L-E-A-N, right? Yes. I love this idea of... When you think of like matter management, right? Like it's really enterprise, right? Right? Because it's not the financial management. It's not just like, mm. hey, we're collecting in, in, in an e-billing system, right? It's kind of yeah. like overall an enterprise. And that's how I see this the matter management kind of being also where we're seeing a lot of the technology going and starting with this generative AI, because to Leo's point, like it's really, it's this enterprise solution, right? Like it's something that could serve the business end to end. And when you think just about extending that conversation so that instead of just buying it and piecing it together and crutching it together, you have this power now that could really serve end to end for things that can help you run faster and quicker and smoother. But it's just about having that creative part, right? Like, how can we stretch this even more? Because, I mean, I know that as a people manager, I recently had to have those reviews with my people as, you know, I was looking to promote people within my team. And I was 
had the thought of what to say. And I used ChatGPT to really help me hone in on like, what are some things that could help me from that people operations to now there's plugins of like, hey, if you give it some keywords, it will spit out 16 slide decks for you, which is right what we're looking for, right? We're subject matter experts. We know this area, but sometimes it's just really easy to start with a draft of something, right? Like, isn't that what the other side of the house law is for, for attorneys on the law firm side, right? You just copy one brief to another one and like use the same template. And I think of that generative AI as a template, right? Like it could be that starting point for legal ops to dip their toes in the sand. By the way, I think I'm probably the only person, and maybe not. I'm sure there's others. I have not tried ChatGPT. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh, you have to. I am the only yeah. person who you has to. yet to. I think the conversation on matter management, and I think we always talk about this, is like, what is a matter, right? Because I think every single one of our companies define that so differently and what that means to us and how we track it. And of course, there's enterprise search tools that allow that tagging, right? And then you kind of, then, you know, no offense, you have people who do document management, like this could be your management. And you're like, they're not the same thing for us. Like, let's not confuse the two. I definitely think that there could be more advancements and, and there'll be advancements in terms of the tagging and the ability to find things and, you know, whether it's reading text or however that is. But I think at the end of the day, there's two paths to it, whether it's doing it in, in an automated way or it's doing it to help you have a baseline and then continue to be reusable resources or practices in the future. Oh, yeah, this is, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like kind of when we think about before we go reaching for the gun, it's legal ops really should keep the time and the effort required to a minimum. So as you said, Latrice, like, so we can automate the collection, the extraction and the production as much as possible when we're on this, quote unquote, matter management voyage, right? You know, like the key here is work, not the entire legal team, but also those relevant non-legal business stakeholders, right? Because you want to find out which metrics help them the most while focusing on a few key metrics, which relate to the overall objectives. Because we never win this battle by having everyone win because it's not a beauty pageant, right? Like you have to be very deliberate and intentional so you get it across the finish line. Great stuff here. We're going to go ahead and take a break for our sponsor. And when we come back, oh, some really good stuff on important lessons that you've learned over your career. Be back in a second. Here's another word from our sponsor, Litify, who brought you today's episode of Dear Legal Ops. Leading in-house legal teams have already put Litify at the center of their operations to power better processes, collaboration, performance, and insights. Litify is the most innovative enterprise legal management solution and is built on Salesforce, a platform your IT and business teams already use and love and pay for. Increase your productivity and reduce unnecessary costs with capabilities designed for in-house legal teams. And now, Bessemer Venture Partners, one of the nation's leading institutional investors, has put their support in Litify to transform legal operations. To see how a dynamic enterprise legal management solution can make your team more effective, make sure to visit www.litify.com. That's L-I-T-I-F-Y.com or directly contact info at litify.com. That's Litify, the legal platform and partner that transforms your business.
Welcome back, you filthy legal ops animals. All right, I hope that you guys all refilled your cup because we're gonna pivot over to something a little bit more DLO style here. So our next question is, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? And to kind of get this kicked off, you know, for me, I really struggled with learning how to let go of that AMLAW, paralegal, law firm, perfectionist work product so I could stretch my legal ops innovation wings, you know, because I think it ultimately grows my skill set, both as an individual contributor, but really more as a people leader. So when I finally had that aha moment that I realized I needed to really work on growing that, I think I like also simultaneously realized, oh yeah, we all struggle with this throughout the various stages in our careers. It's important to understand, you know, that perfectionism can actually hinder your growth and development as a leader. We're trying to do more with less. You know, we've talked about it on this episode. We've talked about it a lot, right? We're all strained, especially being in this Silicon Valley arena. And we have to be nimble on our feet and juggle these multiple priorities as a legal ops leader. So something that I was telling my team recently is, you know, when we're setting out on these projects and they haven't been done before, like focus on these MVPs or these minimum viable products, you know, because they allow us to really be more efficient in our resources and provide that stink test opportunity. So I think the thing I've learned the most in my career is, you know, be that Carmen Sandiego when it comes to, you know, letting it go Elsa style from Frozen, right? To, to ultimately shed that perfectionism is learning to delegate tasks and responsibilities, like not just checking the box delegation, leaning back into it. Latrice, what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career? Oh, too many. (laughs) Too many. I will say my biggest one that I, I think I say often is there is beauty in the journey. I think oftentimes uh, we let our perfection get in the way of our own progress. And whether that is you are embarking on a new project that you know nothing about and you are shit scared of all the things that might go wrong, it will go wrong. And <laughs> But there's going to be a lot of battle wounds that you're going to feel very proud of afterwards. Sometimes that means taking a job that you thought was a right fit and then learning five months later, this is not the company for me. This is not the role for me. And also being able to recognize that and walk away of like, I, it is okay that the job didn't work out. It is okay that that is not the right role. It is okay when you make mistakes along the way. It is okay that sometimes you're probably not going to say the most positive thing as a manager or you're going to mess up and that is going to be okay. It is, again, the lessons that you learn on the journey that is the most important that makes you a lot more well-rounded as you continue on wherever that may take you, whether that's the role that you're in or whether that's a new role and a new journey for everyone. Uh, and, And that's the best part is, yes, obviously this is legal ops and we're all talking about that, but right, it's everything, right? Like, hey, maybe all of a sudden you are in a relationship and it's not working out. Or maybe like, you are trying something new and you're like, actually, I hate baseball, right? <laughs> like whatever it may be, like it's cool to pivot and not have it be the be all end all, right? Like it's not going to all end generally in life, right? So giving yourself, oh, I, I, oh yes, 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 yes. I tell this all the time to one person on my team of 
you have to be able to give yourself grace, right? Mm -hmm. Grace to fail, grace to, but it's not failing, right? Because you're trying something new and stretching your wings and realized it didn't work out, right? Like there's a huge difference between failing of like, I set out on this journey because I knew it wasn't going to and I sabotaged it versus like it didn't work out, right? And that's okay. I think Latrista, uh, just to kind of piggyback on and, uh, a, I'll, I'll jump into mine, but I think Latrista's uh, topic is super interesting and super pertinent. It is a journey, right? It's totally a journey. And every one of those points in the journey, if you think about the journey is ultimately about learning, right? It doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter if it works or not, as long as you extract some mm-hmm. learnings from it, then it always work out. Like if you find out that a job is the job for you, that's awesome. You find out that a job is not a job for you and you're actually able to reflect and understand why it's not and, you know, what do you like and what do you don't like, it's probably just as good at maybe even a, a better mm-hmm. learning, right? And then you move on to the next one because I think when we think about uh, our professional journey, it is that. Like, you know, that notion of a... You know, you start on a, on, a, on a function and you become sort of your boss and your boss's boss, your boss's boss. I don't think anybody here has that linear career anymore. I mean, I started out designing food processing equipment at some not too long ago or actually quite long ago. Wait, where's that snooze horn? <laughs> <laughs> right? That sounds like a I'm horrible job. stories. <laughs> I gotta tell it. Uh, there is some, you know, when you when you're making thirty thousand pounds of French fries an hour, there's there's stuff flying. <laughs> literally, around. literally. Do you, how many how many burn marks around. do you have though? <laughs> I have some good stories. I have some good stories. We'll, we'll talk about one day. Uh, remember that? Remember that when the Wow chips were out? And it was like a low-fat oil thing. There's a whole wow. bunch of stories on that. You guys, we're going to go into the... It'll be the clock DLO deep dive at 2 in the morning at some bar at the Bellagio. So, <laughs> perfect. Yes, deal, We'll, we'll deal. bring treats. Yes, 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 yes. High noon up in here. But I think just really tied to, to that notion of growth and learning, the one thing that I try to always remind myself uh, and remind my team is that innovation it's not about sitting out somewhere and having some idea that just comes and hits you uh, maybe some people do it but the most of the time is is being curious is understanding the problem ahead of you and then looking around like somebody must have solved some problem mm. that kind of looks like this and and then be curious understand what about that problem may look like this problem what about this solve may apply to here? And if you think about it, a lot of innovation, and particularly in legal uh, ops space, it's not really about inventing new stuff. It's really about looking at best practices elsewhere, understanding it, decomposing it, picking the pieces, reassembling, applying, right? So that piece of the journey of just, like your job is not just, just look down here, look down, understand the problem, and then look around. I'll bet you somebody else out there has done something like this. Wait, the IT company has a workflow automation and that ticketing tool could also work for legal? Like, holy, whoa, that's crazy. Look at that innovation, right? Look at that. The customer 360 applies to the There's a hold and everything in an office. Oh, my lanta. Oh, my God, Tommy, you're... 
Like your eyes. It's blown. <laughs> so speaking of being awesome, Akshay, what's an important lesson you've learned over your career? I'd say particularly over the last four or five years, I've been super obsessed with how teams function better together. Like what, what, what's the secret sauce? What's, mm-hmm. what is it about human beings and groups that gets in the way of them achieving what they need to achieve? So for me in that journey, as we've been talking about journeys of kind of understanding that, unpacking it, reading about it, the importance of psychological safety and creating that not just within your team, but within legal, uh, I'd say that's been really eye-opening, not in terms of the concept and that it exists, but how powerful it can be when it's there on a team, but more often when it's not there is how f***ed up things can get and how far away and more difficult you make things for yourself and for the other people that you're working with. Like we are all, we're all change agents. Like that's what we're literally, that's our job. We change the way things are done. Hopefully we're doing it with existing solutions. I really like that is our first line of defense and it always should be, but we're changing the way people need to do things, muscle memory, thought process, actual process, like however you want to think about it. And so having psychological safety, and there's something Leo said that really triggered this thought in my head again, which is that things are not going to work. What did you learn? Yes. I had done a presentation on psychological safety a few months ago for, for a team in our department. One of the lawyers on that team pinged me the other day and he sent me an article. He's like, hey, your presentation really got us thinking. I read this article today and he sent, I think it was from HBR or something like that. And in that article was a question that everybody should ask when things go wrong. It's not what went wrong. It's not, what can we do differently? It's like, what did you learn? And if that's the first question that you can ask, you will foster psychological safety on your team before doing anything else. I just thought it was really powerful. What a simple question, right? It's not like, oh shit, we screwed up. Like, oh my gosh, heads are going to roll. We lost a bunch of money or this didn't work. It's going to be hard. No, it's like, what did you learn? I mean, it might just be as simple as, we're not going to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. It's, it's the same way of thinking of like, hey, if I'm going to meet a business stakeholder and try and, as you said, like be a change agent, you always win by like, what's working, right? Because you never want to start with the whole, what did you hate? Like, you're not here to dish out the tea and gossip and already get them like starting off on the bad foot. And to your point, I think that's where that psychological safety and being able to teach the next generation or the current generation even right now, where if you feel like you're being stuck in the mud in your career, or maybe it's just not all cohesively gelling, right? With your broader legal team, maybe that's where that psychological safety net could like foster that better environment to work in. And right, that's like the ideal space we all want to be in is it's like, we're at a Zen at our office, we're at a Zen in our career. And like, then at that point, it's like, how do we continue to just give back? Yeah. It goes to the point that you, to Akshay, of creating the space for people to make mistakes, right? And that comes on us as, as managers of people of making sure if you mess up, cool, like we'll figure it out. And, you know, there's, 
of course, very few things that we can mess up, like truly mess up without being able to fix and repair back. But I think that's also important. And I'm a part of a leadership program when we talked a lot about kind of how difficult it is for people to look in the mirror sometimes. We all kind of get stuck in our own wherever you're at in your journey, whether you've been doing this for two months, two years, six years, 10 years. It requires this moment to also pause and say, am I safe in the environment? Do I feel safe enough to make mistakes? Can I go to my manager when I do and move on from that? However it is, it's not something that's going to be brought up every single time, you know, during a performance review or whatever that is. And there's a lot in that because I think to that point, if you're learning things along the way, you're, it just makes you better the next time you go and do something of look, taking those lessons and saying, okay, these are the things that we're not going to do, or we're going to make sure and do our best to not repeat things that didn't work before. And sometimes maybe something that failed for one thing may actually be really good for something else. It's just how it applies and what we're all doing. And this is some great stuff. So I think to hit it out of the ballpark, round out to home, I'm going to go ahead and end this with uh, Latrice. Latrice, If you had to be stranded on an island with one food choice, one form of entertainment, and one person, what would you choose? Well, first of all, living in LA with all the taco trucks, it would definitely be tacos (laughs) any day of the week. We're not even, that's not even a question. Like, it's so bad that I actually can text like three taco trucks near me during lunchtime for them to make my order to go pick up. It is really bad, but I'm also very spoiled. One form of entertainment probably would be Netflix with like all the foreign shows because I just discovered random foreign shows that are hilarious with dubs and subtitles. So I think that can keep me entertained for too long. And of course, Netflix will remind me like, are you still watching to make sure I'm still alive on this stranded <laughs> island, apparently? And uh, and then one person, ooh. I think that would be a pretty hard tie. I, mm, I'm going to say my mom only because one, she can't get kicked off the island if she does anything bad because it's just her and I. And if you know my mom, she's crazy. But uh, overall, I do love my mom and we just have a good time together. So I would say tacos definitely with unlimited Netflix with my mom hanging out on the stranded island for sure. Nice, nice. You are quite the nice person to, to bring your mom, so... I mean, I might just, nope, she, nope, nope, I don't nope, know if nope, both of nope. us will survive the island. Nope, We're going to nope, see. Yep. <laughs> the Lordeth have speaketh. So let our listeners know uh, who you are and how they can contact you. Uh, Latrice Johnson, head of legal ops at Palo Alto Networks and LinkedIn is usually the best way to contact me. Great. Thank you so much, Latrice. Leo, 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 Leo. Wow, this is big. I know the big one. This is, this is this is harder than I thought. Okay, islands. So the food I'll have to be some kind of Greek food. Uh, I sh- so growing up in Brazil, the funny thing that nobody knows is that there's a lot of Mediterranean influence in Brazil, uh, Middle Eastern, influence. and I always thought I dreamed that I'll somehow be locked up in like a hummus factory, you know, like overnight, <laughs> you know, like the chocolate thing. <laughs> That was, uh, it's, I know it's a little weird, but that's the only weird part of me. Like Veruca? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the only weird part yeah. about me. And everything else is normal. <laughs> sure. Exactly. So some kind of Greek uh, Middle Eastern food. 
would be amazing. Uh, in terms of entertainment, uh, I get quite agitated all the time. So, and the island it just seems like a good setup for something between wind and water, like some kind of sailing, some kind of surfing, some kind of something like that. I can easily entertain myself uh, uh, out in out in the water uh, with some form of sailing uh, or another. The the person one it gets really hard because if you said like two or three people, then you can kind of come up. With I know it. that's it's the it's like like I person, said, it's like the one one person. That's it. Yeah, it's just it's a really a thing. I'll do a a bit of like a like a, a variable. Like one of my boys, and they're really as I said in the beginning, they're at an age they're kind of becoming little 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 men and uh, they're a lot of fun to be with. That's awesome. Uh, so I think we could, you know, have a good time and, you know, and the, how life goes fast, it's hard to hard to get to know each other. You know, and nowadays everybody's on their devices. So I feel like that could be a lot of fun to just be on an island for a bit. And it's a little bit of my long drives with them. They hate it, but I love spending time with them in the club. You know what? That like was actually kind of beautiful. So I'm going to say your children is one people. I'll just like group them <laughs> together as one grouping. So thank you uh, for contacting me. So Leo Morgel, uh, CEO of Legal and Corporate Affairs at Salesforce. And the best way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn as well. Thank you so much, Leo. Last but not least, Akshay. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one's, this one's hard. I'm going to change your game. So don't get annoyed with me. <laughs> but, Wait, but how many? Sh- hold on, stop. How many are not surprised that Akshay is like so cool? You handed me a deck of cards, but turns out we're playing a dice game. <laughs> Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Oh, I have, please, I have please, answer. please, I, please tell me. Please tell me the problem one? with this sentence. Here's the problem I'm having. But 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 this is a me thing. This is this is uh, a MP. This is not a you. It's a you, not me. You not. Uh, me. I I cannot ever be stuck with one kind of food. Mm. Uh, so like that's that's hard. I'd probably starve on the island. That's number one. But like you know, it's an island. So I, I go. I'll go with sushi. Like there's there's. It would have to be sushi. I don't know how I would make soy sauce because I probably eat sushi more for the soy sauce than the actual oh. sushi itself. Oh. But you know what? All right. So um, entertainment's a little easier for me. It have to be books. I I grew up reading a lot. Like I used to read all the time. And when we had commutes in the before times, I used to read like obsessively for fun. I've completely stopped doing that in the last couple of years and I really miss it. So like an unlimited supply of like whatever book I wanted. There's magic on the island, right? We can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a magical island. All right, cool. And then like my my answer to your person is the same as my food. There's no one person that I could stand for being stranded on an island. So the choice I would make is whoever the f*** on the planet can get me off the island so I can get back to like reality would be like the person that I would choose. So maybe Tom Hanks from Castaway, we can build a little raft and like get off. Like that would be, that would be my answer. With sushi on board for a couple of months to get off, you know, get back to the mainland. Mm. This is what I love about our weird legal ops tribe here, right? Because like, this is how we all think, right? We're like, huh, there's there's a way to get back out of this question off of this island, right? Because we're just going to ha- go on a time travel machine, right? So you know, <laughs> sparking, the, sparking the innovation here, yeah, y'all. So I will say that if I had to be stranded on an island with one food choice, one form of entertainment, and one person, that it 
will make me sound as though that I am eight years old. So my one food choice is cereal. I love cereal. Like I'm telling you, I could eat any cereal 24 seven. I love cereal all day long. Like I could eat cereal. One form of entertainment is my Switch because I love playing Mario Kart because nice. I'm an eight-year-old child. Nice. And one person would be, I'll say like a like a RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race. I want somebody that I could, I want to be on their podcast, but somebody <laughs> that, you know, somebody that I could honestly like sit with, laugh, have probably amazing life conversations. Like this kind of, if it's going to be one person, it has to be this like well-rounded dynamic person that can mm. give you those like different experiences since it's a long, long time to be forever, right? Stranded on an island, right? That would be mine. Well, y'all, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you guys so much. Well, that's a wrap, all you cool cats and legal ops kittens. I'm raising my glass and toasting to our fabulous and fearless legal ops leaders. Leaning into this episode with Akshay, Leo, and Latrice has given me the tools to be more compassionate towards not only myself, but others, as we learn to accept our own imperfections and vulnerabilities. So once again, thank you to Akshay, Leo, and Latrice for this courageous conversation on reaching for more when the going gets tough, the value of legal operations that we see all the time, and what happens when our perfectionism really does get in the way. And how are we going to be able to solve that to have those career-defining moments? Each of you will always have a special place in my heart and are forever a part of the Dear Legal Ops family now. I think this conversation really brought to light a bunch of things I hadn't even really thought about or kind of considered in such profound ways about how to better equip and handle the ups and downs of life. One of the things I appreciate about this conversation that Akshay said was the idea that we try and navigate this winding legal operations road, we're inevitably going to fall down, make mistakes, or maybe feel as though our growth has been stunted. And that's really an uncomfortable truth to sit with for a lot of us. So as we develop that psychological safety, just remember it's a constantly evolving and tough journey, but one that's really worth it. When we feel safe to express ourselves, we are more likely to take risks and try new things. And this can lead to greater innovation and creativity in our workplace. It also helps us overcome challenges and setbacks, even in our personal lives. We have the ability to bounce back from adversity, so we should be better equipped to handle the ups and downs when they're thrown at us. To the House of Dear Legal Ops listeners, we just want to remind y'all that while we aren't steering too far from sharing anonymous stories from the legal ops community. We hope to just crack open the door to remind you that today, it's all about learning and growing throughout this journey and sharing it with each other. Honestly, we're so thrilled to share these conversations with you. We hope that you're inspired, empowered, and have a couple laughs along the way. Remember, you're worthy, capable, and deserving of your successes in and out of the legal ops arena. Once again, thank you for this special conversation, Akshay, Leo, and Latrice. And thank you to our sponsor, Litify, for making this DLO deep dive episode possible. Until next time.
For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Share your legal ops stories with us at dearlegalops.com submit for a chance to be featured on the show. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson. Until next time.